episode 38 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppAdvice.com, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net. Join us this week as we test our principles with movies filled with dragons, zombies, and more. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm doing pretty good. I, I like movies with dragons, zombies, and more, So, and especially zombie dragons. Yeah, like, preferably zombie lots dragons. Lots of cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so there's some fun stuff this week, but before we get to that, we get to start with the Apple news. And again, it's really kind of the same theme. iPhone X is coming. There's not going to be that many. Do your absolute best to be as quick as you can starting at 12 p.m. Pacific on October 27th. It is so stressful already. We're still like, what, a week or a little over a week away. I don't know. I, I have my game plan. I know what I'm doing. And hopefully it'll work. So we'll see. And so Foxconn, Apple's supplier of the iPhone X, just sent their first shipment, and it's reportedly in with forty six thousand five hundred units. So that's just their first shipment, but it's relatively small when analysts are predicting thirty to thirty six million sales for the iPhone X, and then maybe they might ramp up production from a hundred thousand units a week to four hundred thousand. 400,000 units a week, but we're talking about hundreds of thousands rather than the millions and millions that are going to be needed. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, at that rate, it's going to take them three weeks just to produce 1 million units. And if they need 33 million of these, I mean, we're pushing way out into next year. There's no way they would have these ready for this year. So, I don't know. This is this is going to be an absolute disaster for Apple. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, how this is going to affect them in the long term. Yeah, because once you get to a certain pent-up demand where it says, you know, it's a constant huge weight, you're that much closer to the iPhone XS or whatever they're going to call it next year. (laughs) Yeah, true. But then again, are they going to have the parts for that? If they're having this many production problems with this phone... There's still it's going to backlog everything going forward because the other rumors are that they're going to start making their own screens so they can get away from Samsung and they're working with LG on that and even possibly a bendable version of the OLED screen. So I don't know. There's so many rumors flying and they just can't seem to get their act together that I don't know. Everything's going to be delayed from this point forward. Yep. But that's pretty much the Apple news, and that gives us plenty more times for apps. And the first app is actually newsworthy in its own right. It's Movies Anywhere. So Disney launched Disney Movies Anywhere a few years back, and now they've transformed it by reaching licensing deals with the other major studios. So now Sony, Fox, Universal, and Warner Brothers are all included in addition to the Disney movies. So this allows you to have all your digital copies available in one app, and it also connects with iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, and Vudu. So all your potential digital movies you could get from pretty much all the popular sources out there are now included in a single app, and it's a big move for Disney. It's a big move for the movie studios, digital streaming, and pretty much advancement in that rather than having five different apps or ten different apps to have certain movies here and where do I redeem my codes here. So we'll see how this plays out. Right. The really nice thing about this is now you have choices of where you want to purchase your 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 
particular app and then you're, I mean your particular movie and then you're going to get it on all these services as long as you link them all through this movies anywhere because there's stuff that I redeemed a while back on iTunes that I redeemed on iTunes and that's the only place I could watch it which was annoying because I don't have an Apple TV hooked up to every one of my televisions so I'm not going to be able to stream it from every TV that I want to watch it on so with this, now you've redeemed it in those in iTunes. If you link up iTunes to movies anywhere, now you have it within any of any of these other ones you've linked to. So Vudu, Amazon Video, or Google Play. So if there's something you can't necessarily watch it on one of the devices, now you can watch it on any of those other devices using that Movie Anywhere app, which that's great because now you look for a cheap price or you just you have you're not bound to one particular digital store for all of your movies now and also disney had a good beginning and then they have the connections to star wars marvel and of course their own disney films so you have you know guardians of the galaxy volume 2 just came out but now you have also access to spider-man homecoming which is actually a sony movie even though it has that marvel connection and then you have war for the planet of the apes with fox or you have the mummy from universal or you have wonder woman from warner brothers so you have all these different choices of new release films from all the different services all within one place. Right. And one cool thing they're doing is if you sign up and so even if you had Disney movie anywhere before you need to kind of transfer your account over to this one. And when you sign up and you connect it to one of those services, either Vudu, iTunes, Amazon video, or Google play, they give you two free movies. So they give you uh, ghostbusters, the new all female version, the 2016 one and ice age for free. Then if you connect up a second one of those services, which there's no reason why you shouldn't, they'll give you three more movies. So you get big hero six, the Lego movie and Jason Bourne all for free. So if you didn't already own these movies, now you get them in this app for free and you can watch them on any of your devices. And one really kind of interesting nuance they have right now. I don't know if it's like kind of hacking the system. See if you can follow me here is that, now that it connects with Voodoo, it's owned by Walmart, you can scan in your digital or your physical copies to have a digital connection for $2 for SD or $5 for HD. So you can scan in your whole library. And then if those are then synced to Movies Anywhere and you're connected to your iTunes account, they then unlock on iTunes. And if iTunes has a 4K version, you get that upgraded for free. So you could have a connection from Voodoo over to iTunes through Movies Anywhere all through the system right but you still are limited to just these studios so the it's only these studios that are participating in this thus far uh the fox sony universal disney and warner brothers granted those are some of the largest ones but there are others out there that aren't participating or there theoretically could be titles which they are saying aren't part of this deal so uh it's yes i thought about that that kind of way around it to be able to get the 4k versions basically for two bucks if you if you went through the voodoo route yeah i'm interested to see how it is because i know wonder woman's in 4k and so i want to just you know do the whole process and see if it then connects through itunes on 4k yeah we'll have to see give it a try and then let us all know yep and so that's movies anywhere it's a free download and if you're already redeeming digital copies and using digital services, it's no extra fees. It's just a more convenient way to deal with all those different services and files. Yep. 
And so that means it's time for some new games. And the first one this week is the Talos Principle, which at first glance, you're like, this is just like The Witness. And it's really interesting because if this game would have came out two weeks ago or a month ago, then we would have compared The Witness to Talos Principle. But since they flipped the order, now you're like, well, this game is very similar. You have an open world 3D experience to kind of just explore at your own pace and your own route. And then you're going to uncover different puzzles in the environment. The main difference is that The Witness is really about traditional puzzles. It's kind of like maze ideas. But the Talos Principle are more action puzzles where you need to figure out what to do and then actually perform it. So you get to play as this android who wakes up. There's this overhead voice from the, your creator, which is essentially like this God-style voice. And then you're going to go to this first region. And there's these little floating kind of like bomb things. If you get too close, they blow you up. Or there's a machine gun that has a red laser. If you walk in that laser path, it's going to shoot you down. And so you have to pick up these little projector things that can deactivate the different guards for each region. And you have to kind of sequence that together where you can find out, oh, when the bomb goes to the far edge of the field, I can dash through, pick up that little guard thing and then deactivate everything with that piece so you have to kind of balance that out so you know what you need to do but then you actually have to do it right i i think that particular aspect alone is what makes this a much more challenging game than the witness was because you actually have to have some skills because you're going to aim those little things to maybe lock out the laser beams, but then you have to run fast and plan your, your moves so that you don't, those little like ball laser balls don't see you, or you have to try to quickly unlock because that little laser can also be used to uh, work to put disable like a shield to allow you to walk into another section, or maybe you have to use that shield to lock the ball laser ball guy into a certain area. So you have to time the removing of that to basically put the shield back in place to keep him contained in this other area. So it's a lot more like quick action that you have to do and planning that you have to do rather than the logic puzzles of the witness. And I actually found this much more engaging because of that, because you, and that whole God voice that's talking to you, you really feel immersed in this world and feel part of it. And you feel like so, so much is at stake because if you mess up, all of a sudden you, you blow up and you have to start all over again, uh, or at least that area of the puzzle, not the entire game, but I just, I really, really enjoyed this game. Yeah, for me, the main difference, The Witness is like a more methodical kind of mystery exploration game. This is more like you're presented with a series of trials and tribulations to get through. And the only kind of stumbling block is that I don't know if the touch controls are good enough for the quick action sequences you need to pull off. There's various times where I try to double tap to run quickly and it does more of a slow walk or it maybe just taps on an item to use rather than the area that I need to walk to and any kind of misstep like that and you're going to get blown up. And after a few times it becomes more frustrating than fun. So I did run I didn't run into the problem with the running. I did have an issue where if I tried to turn or rotate my my point of view and move at the same time, 
if you were too close to one of those little ball guys, then sometimes you just couldn't pull off the move. And I think definitely think it's a restriction of the touch controls. I think if you had physical controls, you could much more easily pull off the moves. And I think this was available on Steam prior to this, or maybe released at the same time. Uh, but I could definitely see where physical tr- controls would make this a lot easier to to just pull off what you need to for for some of these puzzles yeah i don't know if the game structure fits on ios like i appreciate what the developers are trying to do but i gotta imagine some beta testing would tell you that maybe this isn't best suited for the platform and the reason the witness went with these methodical puzzles is that that's what works in the natural flow of what you're doing on ios because moving the camera and running while there's the time constraints of something hitting you, it doesn't work that often. And I found myself not wanting to play more just because of that limitation. Yeah, I can definitely see where people will get frustrated with this. And I don't know what they can do to fix that unless they, I mean, not everyone has external controllers they could use with their iOS device. So that's kind of out. Unless they find some alternative control scheme or slow down some of the puzzles to make them a little bit easier with touch controls i otherwise yeah i can definitely see where there will be some pain as you play through this because even if you did a dual stick virtual control setup i think it would be easier to interact rather than because tap to walk or double tap to run plus moving the camera where you can have like a two finger swipe to run really quickly it just is all at odds with speedy movement. It's neat when you're like just exploring the beautiful 3D world and going between the different regions of the puzzles. But within that quick action setup, I think you need the virtual controls. Yeah, I and I don't know how you were playing, but I basically had to sit my iPad down on a table and kind of hover over it and then just use the tips of my fingers to be able to tap and drag at almost at the same time for some of these things. Like I couldn't sit there with how I would normally grip it from both sides. I really had to like focus on what I was doing. Yeah. I just have it resting on my lap, but it's just They could have pulled this off better. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it really is similar to the witness and that overarching 3d puzzle adventure set up with a beautiful 3d design. And it's interesting how different the two games are even though they're so similar on the surface. Yeah, yeah, I, t- I completely agree. And so that's the Talos Principle. It's four ninety nine. It's Universal. And then there's Dragon Hills 2, which the original was just kind of like a quick action, super mega worm-inspired downhill descent where you ride atop a dragon, you touch and hold on the screen to dive down into the dirt, and then you release to fly back upwards, and you're going to try to cause destruction. So the sequel maintains that core setup, but they adopted portions from their other games, like Aliens Drive Me Crazy, with a world-based kind of checkpoint system. So you'll go along for a certain amount of time, and then you'll uncover, or you'll come across a boss. And then when you beat that boss, you unlock this special reactor that goes into your time machine, and then you actually now start it kind of like wave two, and then there's going to be a new boss at the end of that. 
and then there's seven bosses in the first world, and then that's going to unlock a whole new world once you complete that. So you have something continuously to shoot for, as well as save points, so you get into more difficult stretches, and then those boss battles that you might lose quite often in, you don't have to go and, oh, I have to beat boss one, two, and three just to get back to boss four. You're just right back to boss four. So it's a really ingenious way to kind of liven up the endless structure of the original. Yeah, so I feel like this is like they took the original and just refined every aspect of it for the sequel. And you did have boss battles in the other one, but it took a long time to reach the boss. And it, they weren't as I don't know. I, I think they just made them better for the second one. Uh, the 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 way everything works in this. Well, first off, for the theme for the first one, I thought it was better because it was more like the medieval theme, which went with the dragon and you had like you're going against knights and things. This one is a little weird. So there's zombies around and you're going through modern day stuff, but yet you're riding around on this dragon going under the under the under the ground and through parking structures and everything and trying to avoid this kind of nuclear ooze that's everywhere. Where in the first one, it was lava. I think the theme fit a little bit better in the first one, but just graphics wise, this is crisper. And like you said, the way they set up the, the, the boss battles and the checkpoints, it, it takes much less time to reach the action of a boss battle. And you are going to lose them a lot of times, whether it's you get hit by the things the boss is throwing at you or you kind of lose your focus and run into some of the, the ooze that's under the ground or you just can't get yourself out of the way in time. But it, you're going to end up losing over and over again. And then you just kind of level up your character and you unlock additional unlocks to, to add like weapons and other things. But eventually you'll beat that boss. And then now you get to have that new starting point where you get to continue and keep on seeing new bosses and, and new parts of the levels, which I think is really nice rather than having to restart all the way over and just see the same things over and over and over again and then you also have a mechanical dragon this time rather than a real dragon like the original true true and, i guess yes he he does break apart into to mechanical pieces rather than bones yeah and so there's a whole since there's the zombie apocalypse the reason that you're called upon to ride your dragon is to create a time machine to go back before the zombie apocalypse so you start out in like a regular city and then once you complete that city you're then in the wild west because you activated that time machine and so now you have to convert the time machine time machine again to go to a whole new different time period and region so they keep things fresh because then when you're in the wild west you're facing enemies that you know, they might have Indians that are shooting arrows at you or cowboys are shooting guns at you. So you have something different than police officers and or zombie police officers and the like in the modern world. So it just does a really good job of keeping things fresh. And so as soon as you lose, you're like, I think I can do better. I think I can beat the boss this time. And then you also have a whole upgrade system where you can improve the speed, the durability, and the drilling power of your dragon, as well as unlock special time power-ups like extra lives or a magnet to collect coins and all that so you have that constant ability to potentially do better with upgrades even though you're losing against those progressively difficult bosses right and there's also three additional dragon types you can unlock which i haven't unlocked any of those yet i don't know if you've reached it to unlock any of them but i'm curious if they 
behave differently because one of them has legs rather than like the slithery snake-like dragons like the rest of them are. So I'm curious if that one kind of like runs most of the time or if he, but he's like the last one to unlock. So I don't know if, if he's acts any differently. Yeah. I've only unlocked the extra new world. Okay. But yeah, that's Dragon Hills 2. They really did a good job to, because the first one wasn't bad. It just wouldn't necessarily last on your device. So this one, I think they did their best job, so you keep coming back to it. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. So it's two ninety nine, and it's Universal. And then there's Into the Dead 2, another sequel, and very similar idea, actually. So the original Into the Dead was a first-person endless runner where you actually are kind of full screen going through different zombies and trying to survive. You have limited ammo, so you can shoot certain zombies if they're totally in your way, but you want to conserve that and try to dodge them for as long as you can. So the sequel maintains that first-person perspective, that running idea, but now there's distinct levels to play through. So you are running through the forest or you're running through the fields, and then in the upper left corner, you see how many meters are left until the given challenge ends. And so you reach that end point, you take a break, you then unlock a new level, and the levels include different challenges. So it might be like kill 15 zombies or use a shotgun to take out three sets of multiple zombies or various kind of challenges to go with each new level setup. And then you're also going to unlock new weaponry as you go and try to make it back to your family. So there's a subtle little storyline in play as well. Right. I love that they did this story that kind of ties things together with this version. The, the first one was your typical endless runner where you were just trying to survive as long as you could. There were different game modes that allowed you like to increase the difficulty. And you have that rolling set of missions, which we see in pretty much every endless game. And that was the main way they tried to get you to keep coming back and try to see if you could do better, but then try to complete those little missions to get coins and other things to unlock weapons. This story is what actually, I think, does a much better job of keeping your attention and making you want to make it to the end of this little section so that you know, oh, what's happening next? Am I going to make it back to my daughter or what's happening with my family? Are they safe? And it I love that it kind of really ties everything together and gives it a purpose for you to be running rather than just the same thing over and over again. Granted, it is pretty repetitive, but you know there's that little nugget of story that you're going to get if you can make it. And so I think that – and then they do have those missions for – to get five stars for each one of these sections if you kill X number of zombies or or whatever the other – stars happen to be so there are reasons to go back and replay levels not only just to try to earn coins and pieces of weaponry to build the the other weapons that you might want to upgrade to but you always have that other means for driving things forward and making you want to to play more and play more just to see how the story goes yeah the overarching story makes it into like a full-fledged game and not just, oh, here's another endless game. It actually feels more like an adventure because you have an end point once you complete all of the 60 different levels that are included. And then it seems it's a little bit fresher each run if you kind of change your 
objective going for those different stars because if a star says kill 20 zombies you might play differently than if a star says try to survive without taking out any zombies or avoid touching any zombies so you have a different way to play versus you know always aiming for those ammo and taking out big swaths of zombies versus completely trying to avoid everything for as long as you can because the original it just emphasized kind of surviving you didn't really worry too much about killing them because you always had that limited ammo this one you can kind of decide especially because you might only have a thousand meters to run Right, right. And, and then they also have a daily mode that unlocks fairly quickly. You can get that. And that has various goals for killing X number of zombies. So if you want to just go on that zombie run of just diving through and taking out huge piles of zombies with a shotgun and then hoping you can pick up more ammo to take out more and more and just seeing how long you can survive and how many you can take out, that's what the daily mode is for and they reward you with gold and in-game currency and and other things for doing well in that so there it does still have some of those other aspects if that's what you really liked about the first one and want that again but it like you said it it feels like a, a full on game now it doesn't feel like a this is a forgettable endless runner that's going to stay on my device for for like a couple of days and then i'm just gonna it's either gonna still sit there because i forgot about it or i'm gonna delete it and now you it, it is something you're going to kind of want to keep on going back to and play through from start to finish because it does have a completion it does end and you can you feel like you accomplished something rather than just wasted a lot of time yep and so in the Into the Dead 2 and Dragon Hills 2 are very similar in delivering sequels that actually turn endless concepts into like full-fledged adventure games and they have more stain power. So that's Into the Dead 2, it's free, it's universal. The only kind of hiccup is that there is an energy meter, but I didn't seem to actually hit a blocking point. I don't know how quick it refreshes, but I played through quite a bit of it without that being a stumbling block. Yeah, I didn't hit one either. I, I know they have some sort of a VIP thing that you can subscribe to for a monthly charge in within uh, Into the Dead 2. And so I don't know what that really gives you. I Obviously, that's not something I'm going to be paying for. So yeah. I didn't really look at it, but I was kind of surprised to see there was something. I don't know what you get. Yeah, so I guess that there is just keep that in mind there's a whole free-to-play setup where it helps you kind of upgrade various weapons and unlock new weapons but then there's also that energy meter and i guess there's a subscription to just unlock all kinds of crazy stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and so lastly one other game i wanted to mention uh is it's called cottage garden and it's by digidice they if the name sounds familiar they're the people that did patchwork uh, Terra Mystica, La Havre, the Inland Port, and Agricola, all creatures big and small. These They do a lot of these two-player uh, Uwe Rosenberg uh, digital board game ports. This game is actually, you can have up to four players in it, and it does share some similarities with uh, Patchwork in that it's a tile placement game where you're placing these polyominoes trying to fill up a five by five grid in patchwork it's a quilt you're trying to build in this one you're actually trying to plant flowers in a flower garden and so what happens is each player has 
they start out with these two flower gardens and you have within your garden of it's a five by five grid on each one and you have these flower pots already there and you have some like flower covers already there and when you're picking out these various shaped pieces and trying to fill in the spaces on your board you want to watch out and hopefully not cover those flower pots or those flower coverings because you'll get extra points the more of those that are still around when you have finished up that particular flower garden and then then you return those pieces to the common pool and then you continue on through a course of six different rounds and so you're it's kind of strategic where you're trying to pick which pieces you want to get off the board so because that same idea where you have that common pool set of the polyominoes that all the players are picking from it's a slightly different way that that it rotates through that pool rather than just the circle in in patchwork but you're constantly trying to decide do i want to pick up this piece or that piece where can i fit it do i want to cover this and possibly lose some points or do i want to just try to fill up these boards as quickly as i can because the more you fill up the more overall points you're going to get and you can you move up this little score track and you can earn bonuses as you're moving along the score track. So it's a really, it's a, I would say it's a little more strategic than uh, Patchwork was. It's a little heavier, but not much. It's easy for people to, to pick up and play. And it's, it's a little more rules that you have to learn where Patchwork is just like dead simple. This, there's a little more to it, but it's if you if you're looking for something a little more meatier than Patchwork, this has that a lot of that same feel, but it, it, it'll offer a little bit more of a challenge and more ways to be a little more tactical. Good to know, because I know patchwork was really enjoyable. So I guess it, yeah, it, it's like more is patchwork kind of like an introduction. If you're more familiar with patchwork, this game is easier to pick up than just diving it in from scratch. I would say it's fairly easy to pick up no matter what. I mean, but if you know patchwork, then you're just going to be used to trying to find spots of how to fit these tiles together, kind of like Tetris style. So you'll have that kind of mentality and that like visual sense to the game. But otherwise, you don't need to have played one to play the other. It's Digidice does a fantastic job with all of their apps with s interactive tutorials to teach you all the basics. And then they help, they let you kind of develop your own strategy as you go. But you can play against AI players, you can play against online, against other players. And so you have tons of different ways to learn the game. But they do do a really nice job of stepping you through in like a five part tutorial, teaching you every little aspect of the game. So you, you're not going to be lost at the end of that. And that takes pretty quick to go through. So I think it should be easy for pretty much anyone. I think the, the game is rated eight and up for the actual physical board game. And I never played the physical game before. I just dived right in and I thought it was a lot of fun. Sounds good. And so that's cottage garden. It's four ninety nine. It's universal. And I think that's everything for episode 38. Yep, that's all I got. Brett, thanks for joining me. Oh yeah, it's a pleasure as always. And to everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.